This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. It's another beautiful day for baseball in Los Angeles. And baseball podcast. Josh Schaefer and Blake Harris cover everything Dodgers right here on Inside the Ravine. How's it going, everyone? And welcome to a brand new episode of Inside the Ravine. A uh, completely different episode than was recorded a few days ago, so uh, before we get into the latest and greatest with the Dodgers, joining me, as always, is my co-host, Josh Schaefer. Uh, Josh, how are, uh, how are we doing over there? I think we're doing a little better than we were when we recorded three days ago. Yeah, I mean, like, who should we talk about next that's playing poorly? Because, I mean, you're welcome, Dodger fans. You're welcome. Yeah, that's all. That's all I got to say. As Josh said in the text yesterday, you're welcome. This is inside the ravine. So before we talk about uh, something <laughs> that we have to get off our chest, uh, make sure you guys follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok at Inside the Ravine. You guys can also find us on YouTube by searching Inside the Ravine. Catch our full episodes there, and we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're also on the Odyssey app. So wherever you guys listen to podcasts, you guys can find us there. But Josh, uh, enough introductions. We got to get right into this because the both of us especially one of us in particular owes someone an apology so before i uh say what needs to be said i'll just throw it over to you really quick because uh compared to the last episode i i before josh i will say this we kind of did talk about this we're the reason for this so dodgers fans should actually be thanking us so uh, i just wanted to say that yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, clearly, clearly, Max Muncie is a listener of Inside the Ravine, and he was like, "You know what? I'm going to show those idiots on Inside the Ravine uh, what I'm capable of." And and you know, we said, um, "I don't want to take all the credit for it, um, but we're going to." So reluctantly, we don't want to take the credit for it, but we're going to. Um, so look, I mean, we said. Dodgers just need to play somebody, not the Arizona Diamondbacks. You've seen the same team eight times. And after that first game against the Giants, Max Muncy kind of said, for whatever reason I do well in this in this park, I hate it here, but look, we're not playing the Diamondbacks. Like, finally we get to play somebody else. Um, and for Max Muncy, that was exactly what he needed. Of course, he owns that organization in San Francisco. Just every time they play, Max Muncy's going to go yard. Um, it just kind of happens to be that way. Um, and good for him for, for turning it around. Um, I mean, it was, it was one heck of a series, uh, for number 13. And, uh, he's now, he entered the series with what, just one RBI. And now he's tied for the national league lead in RBIs. So good for him and, and good for the Dodgers for turning it around through a couple of games. Of course, there was a game where some of the old problems kind of continued, 
but really for the Dodgers, I mean, that's to me, that's that's an off night because the rest of that series, it, they were absolutely dominant. Yeah. So Max Muncy uh, entering this series was awful. Finishes essentially two games. I know he got a pinch hit appearance in the second game, uh, but he appeared in only two games, four home runs, 11 RBIs. Josh, in his career against the Giants, he's appeared now in 75 games against them. I don't know how many of those are starts, but 75 games. In those 75 games, he has 25 home runs and 55 RBIs with an OPS above 1,000. That's a 162-game pace of more than 50 home runs. I mean, the dude, for whatever reason, I know the other night he said, I hate playing here, like, I hate this park. But for some reason, he thrives there. He's hitting 300 in his career, an OPS above 1,000. And in only 38 games at Oracle Park, he has 11 homers and 31 RBIs. So... I guess all it took for Max Muncy was to go to San Francisco and play the Giants, which I wish he could play the Giants for 162 games. But yes, Josh, now is my time because I I need to take the mic really quick because I I do owe Max Muncy an apology. You know, in the last episode, I might have been a little harsh on him. I might have been a little hard, but it was warranted because at the time of that recording, Josh... Max Muncie was the worst hitter in all of baseball. And like I texted you last night, I posted that article where I said the Dodgers need to move Max Muncie down from the number four spot. And as everyone clearly didn't read the article, thought I meant to DFA him, I said, move him down to the five spot, move him down to the six spot until he figures it out and proves that he's capable of being that number four hitter. Well, safe to say, Josh, anytime you hit four home runs, driving 11 RBIs over a two-game stretch, I think you're proving that you're more than capable of being that number four hitter. So I think the last time we recorded, Max Muncy was hitting like 130 with an OPS plus of like 36. Well, he now has an OPS plus of 138, so it's raised 100 points in just a few games. So Max Muncy proved us wrong, like you said, probably is an avid listener of Inside the Ravine, heard what we both had to say Mainly me, mainly me, what I had to say, because I did go off on a little tangent there and said, you know what, I'm not going to do this for the fans. I'm not going to do this for my teammates. I'm going to do it for those two guys, the one guy in his apartment and the one guy that's always in the beautiful Ontario Rain office and show those two guys that I am still a god at the plate. And uh, that's what he did. So again, Dodgers fans, you are welcome. Josh and I cured Max Muncy. Yes, you're welcome. Um, well, well done, Blake. Well done to you. Um, and, uh, and yeah, you're welcome. Dodger fans. They've won the world series already. It's over for everyone else. I'm just kidding. Please don't book that. Don't book that. Um, but yeah, I mean, what a series for him. And it it was funny. I mean, you know, he, he was talking, um, you know, on the post game show too, about how he just doesn't like playing in that park. It's cold and it's windy, but for whatever reason, he just, deposits baseballs into the outfield seats or into the water um, every time he plays there. Um, so good for him for, for turning around. And obviously, you know, for his sake and for the Dodgers sake, you hope that that continues. Yeah. One thing I, I did want to add, Josh, just before we wrap things up on Max Muncy, uh, we're, we're praising Max Muncy, you know, we're saying he's back. Can we throw a Dave Roberts crit- critique into this little segment because Max Muncy had the best game of his career. I believe his seven RBIs on Monday night were a career high. Well, Josh, what do you think uh, having a career high seven RBIs, what do you think that gets you the next night? 
Do you think that gets you a spot in the starting lineup again? Well, I don't know. I think it gets you benched. Oh, well, you're right, Josh, because it gets you benched because apparently Max Muncy had to ride Pine because the Dodgers had a pre-planned off day for Max Muncy that was pre-planned. And that takes Josh, I, I was like, okay, he's facing a wood or he's facing a wood. He's facing a lefty named Alex Wood. Maybe he's sitting yeah, for good reason. Go. So I looked up the numbers and in his career, granted, it's been 10 plate appearances. Max Muncy has one home run and a career OPS of 856 against Alex Wood. So he was good against him in his career. And again, you have the best game of a career the following day, uh, El Bencho. He did get a pinch hit appearance later in the game, uh, which came in a situation that shouldn't have been that situation. He should have pinch hit for Chris Taylor a little bit earlier in the game. So again, you want to throw that game out of the way, but yeah, so essentially two games, Max Muncy has him, you know, a series of his life. And again, the fact that after seven RBIs, you get to be on the bench. But Josh, enough enough talk about Max Muncy. Uh, one thing I quickly want to talk about before we go to break and go to our Q&A, because this is going to be a shorter episode, and that's the fact that this is something that we mentioned in our previous episode. Get out of Arizona. Stop playing the Arizona Diamondbacks. Play another team. And for the most part, two of the three games, the Dodgers dominated. Obviously, there was that game in the middle in which typical Dodgers fashion. I think they went 0 for eight with runners in scoring position left 11 runners on base so naturally they don't they don't win that game but two of the three this is the offense we wanted to see and the bullpen for the most part they looked a little better as well so we're not going to talk about that blip that happened in the middle but the two of the three that's the kind of dodger baseball we want to see yeah yeah it's it's exactly what you're kind of hoping for and and you know bullpen good um you know you go back and you look at um what the dodgers did the other day of course Kershaw gives up two earned, three total, um, with with the one that the one unearned run. Um, Almonte has still been shaky, only one inning, and and then in this last game, unearned run on three hits. Bickford a run on a hit, you know the 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 one later in the game. But look, for the most part, I mean the Dodgers bullpen has been great. Uh, Evan Phillips, I, I think, is is starting to to kind of settle in too obviously you know the game the other day where he kind of got knocked around was something that um was a little bit surprising um but really for the Dodgers I think it's it's just it's obviously as we mentioned last episode on our sky is falling episode one um but you know we 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 joked about it but we said that there is a lot of time these numbers are inflated right now because of how early it is in the season but also how bad the bullpen had been so you know you get more consistency you start to figure it out and you're going to see all of those statistics um, for the pitchers, you know, the, the ERA, the whip, everything's going to go down a little bit. Um, and I think that that's what you want to see. And you know what? The fact of the matter is that they won, you know, two games this weekend where obviously, you know, game one of the series, the offense exploded, but the pitching was really good too. Only one run allowed. And then, of course, in the game on Wednesday night, three runs are given up by your starting pitcher. And for the most part, the bullpen did well. It was runs that were later in the game that kind of made the score look a little bit closer than maybe the game actually was, but uh, yeah, I mean, you look at Friday night's game and Friday night, Monday night's game, um, the game uh, where the Dodgers won nine to one and the pitching was great. Again, the only earned run allowed by your starting pitcher and, and the defense and the pitching was lights out, including, you know, a guy like Yancy Almonte, who we talked about um, Alex Vesia, who again, y- you get the Vesia experience, um, which we talked about earlier um, this week with, you know, coming in, what is it, striking out the side, but letting three guys on. So, um, yeah, I think they're starting to figure it out a little bit. But for me, um, it's, the, it's the bats that I think are, are going are gonna to win a lot of games for this team. 
and you need to figure it out. It's the pitching that's going to keep the Dodgers in games, but the offense needs to pull through. And in two of the three games that we saw this week, the offense pulls through and the team wins. Yeah, I mean, that's something we've talked about numerous times. It seems like the pitching's going to do their part, barring one bad showing every week or so, but they're going to, you know, hold the fort down. It's if the offense can do their part, the Dodgers are going to win a lot of games. And again, the game they lost on Tuesday, like I mentioned, didn't get a single hit with runners in scoring position. I think they ended up losing the game like five to nothing or something like that. So it wasn't really close, but a few at bats, you know, you get a hit with a runner on, all of a sudden it's a much different ball game. So maybe the Dodgers win that game. Josh, I think out of the Dodgers six losses this season, four of those losses have been in which they didn't get a single hit with a runner on base yeah. or a runner in scoring position. So that's the Dodgers kryptonite. That's what's going to pretty much hold them back. Again, get one or two. We don't have to have them go eight for 12. If they go two for eight, that might be enough to win a game. So hopefully the Dodgers are able to turn that around. They did pick up the series victory. They're seven and six heading back home. Josh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to be answering questions from our viewers. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story. And one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. All right, Josh, we are back, and we are going to wrap up this show with a mailbag. We turned to Twitter and Instagram, asked our listeners to submit us questions, and we were going to use this as a topic before we got to the mailbag, but a lot of the mailbag questions were actually revolving this, and that's in regards to Chris Taylor. So, Josh, we talked so poorly about Max Muncy in the last episode. Maybe now we can really just dog on Chris Taylor and have him turn things around at the plate because he desperately needs it. As of right now, he's hitting 091, OPS plus of 12. His war is negative 0.2. So, a few questions that we got from some of our viewers. And I'm going to kind of wrap these all into one. We can kind of just quickly go from there. Um, at HOL... 1227 if not chris taylor then who um and this is an interesting one josh because miguel rojas he currently is dealing with a bit of an injury i'm not sure how much time he's gonna miss and outside of that the dodgers have no one at the big league level that can play shortstop if you go down to the minors and i was having to look this up yesterday it looks like their only real option is a guy by the name of luke williams now dodgers fans might be going well who the hell is luke williams he has about 100 Good games question. of major he might he has about 100 games of major league experience. Dodgers signed him to a minor league deal uh this offseason. He's been great so far in the minors this year. I think he's hitting like 300 OPS above 1000. But Josh, he only has I think nine career games at shortstop in the minors. And that's all this season with OKC because I think they're thinking 
He's our third option if needed. So, Josh, if not Chris Taylor, your option is Luke Williams and nothing else. So, if Chris Taylor doesn't figure it out, the Dodgers might be hurting because they got no other options. Yeah, and, and you know, we had, we had talked earlier in, in the offseason about what the Dodgers might be able to do um, if, in fact, they did try to explore a trade or, or something like that. Um, I know, obviously, this is not the answer because he's a different position. But remember in the offseason, you know, when Brian Reynolds from Pittsburgh requested a trade, um, we talked about that being a move that the Dodgers are probably unlikely to make during the offseason. would be a good fit at the time. But maybe this is something that you, you know, take stock come June and and see where you're at both defensively and offensively and plug a gap that way. Um, and and I know that obviously Brian Reynolds is not the off option here, but you might be able to find somebody, not a big name player, somebody that you can rely on to come in and be that guy around the midway point if Chris Taylor, in fact, is not getting the job done. And again, this is a guy that's two years removed from being an all-star. Um, we used to, I mean, you specifically, I'm going to point you out for this. You would tweet Chris Taylor for Zach Lee. Like this is a guy that the Dodgers have relied on in the past. He won, he won them a wild card game. Then he got hurt and last year couldn't figure it out after coming back. And then this year has been dreadful to watch at the plate. So at some point you want to, you want to hope that continuing to get ABs is what ultimately is going to break him out of a slump. Of course, Max Muncy, it's it's probably a coincidence that he's doing all of this against the Giants. That's just kind of how these things go. But Max Muncy ultimately is breaking out of a slump because he continued to get ABs, and he took advantage of them because we know what kind of player he is. At some point, Chris Taylor has to do that too. And at some point, he probably is going to do that too. For me, the question is, when is enough enough for the Dodgers? Yeah. Look, we're still only a handful of games in. Like, Chris Taylor this season has 33 at-bats, right? Like, that's not a ton. It's a small sample size, but he's only got three hits with those 33 at-bats and too many strikeouts to go along with it. It's not nearly as bad as it's not nearly as bad as Muncie's strikeout rate um, this season, but it's certainly not good. Um, and the Dodgers are going to hope that he figures that out sooner rather than later because they need him to play short. He is such a vital position player for the Dodgers. Um, and and they need that to kind of translate to his efforts at the plate. Yeah, I mean, I, I just want to give another quick shout out. Right now, I'm looking at some of these questions, and Think Blue 47. He actually said, any chance they give Luke Williams a shot at shortstop? He's been playing the position in Oklahoma City, so yeah, he noticed that Luke Williams is pretty much the only option at this point. And again, some of the other questions, Caitlin Carney says, you know, what are the other shortstop options? Not named Chris Taylor. Uh, Rivers, or that one says, yeah, if not Chris Taylor, then who? King me, 1214. How on earth do we get out of Chris Taylor's contract? He's unplayable. Uh, Josh, one final thing I wanted to add on Chris Taylor. And like you said, I think you said it's been a small sample size. I think you said he has like 33 at bats. So that is a small sample size. But I posted an article yesterday, which again, if I'm posting an article, that means that the jinx is going to work and Chris Taylor is going to turn into his former self. But... I wanted to show how large of a sample size this has been for Chris Taylor and how he's been bad for a pretty long time. So uh, this is what I was able to find. There are 
Well, first off, among the 200 players that had 35 plate appearances this season, Chris Taylor has the worst strikeout percentage, has the worst on-base percentage, and has the third-worst WRC+. plus. So that's just this season. But if we go back to June of 2022, Josh, Chris Taylor is one of 238 qualified hitters as the doorbell goes off. So we Ding might dong. have an ins- Yeah, I don't know what kind of uh, inside the ravine special we have here. But Chris Taylor, Josh, again, going back to June of 2022... Among 238 qualified hitters, 237th in average, 237th in strikeout percentage, 235th in on-base percentage, 236th in WRC+. So that's a pretty large sample size going back to June of last season. And even Josh, the year he was an all-star, I believe in 2021, the second half of the season, he had 157 OPS of 511 over the final 40 games. So Chris Taylor... Again, we think about that home run he had in the wild card game. It was a huge moment, but he's been really bad since, you know, the second half of 2021. So hopefully he's able to figure things out because the Dodgers desperately need him, especially if there's going to be an injury to Miguel Rojas. And again, with his defensive versatility being in the alpha, being in shortstop, the Dodgers really need him. So Josh, I know you do got to get going. Uh, do you want to wrap things up or do you have time for one more question? Up to you because I know. Uh, give me, give me, give me one more calls. question. All right, I'll give you one more question. We actually had a couple in regards to James Altman. So this comes from Andy All Knight. Can James Altman be Rookie of the Year if he continues to perform at this current level? Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think that that's something that we had talked about early in the season. You obviously made your projection that three Dodgers could be in the top five for uh, National League Rookie of the Year voting. Um, and right now, I think James Altman, for me personally, is leading the way. I mean, 11 for 38 at the plate, three home runs, 10 RBIs. Um, He's, you know, OPS at 1.122. He's been fantastic for the Dodgers. He's hitting 290. Um, He's been great. And and like we said on our last show, I I want him to get more at-bats because right now he's got 38 at-bats this season. Um, And and I think that he should have more. Um, And eventually we're going to to get to a point where – You know, like we were talking about J.D. Martinez with his extra base hits. He's not really leaving the yard all that much, but the extra base hits are there. We said that when the Dodgers signed him and when he came in, that even last year in a year that was probably considered a down year for him, he just slugged doubles consistently, right? Um, And But but J.D. Martinez hasn't really had any time off this season. So I know that he's the everyday DH. We talked about this on the last show, but at some point he's going to need a day off and somebody else is going to need to be the DH. And for me, Will Smith has to be in the conversation when he's not catching. James Outman, I know you want him in the field. James Outman might be a guy that if you want to give him a quote-unquote off day, let him be the DH. Get this guy ABs because he's proving to be such a vital piece for the team. Um, And I think that he absolutely has a legitimate chance to be in the conversation for Rookie of the Year, but he's got to keep getting those at-bats because he's taken advantage of his time that he's had so far, both this year in spring training and obviously last year when he was just – outstanding yeah i mean to wrap that up i mean james Salmon has been better than advertised and i'm still kind of at the point where i'm like waiting to see him kind of tail off a little but he's just proving himself like in every situation against lefties he's able to draw walks he's able to still hit for power he's stealing bases he's playing really good defense josh one thing on james Salmon i'll say before we wrap things up and as a betting man myself i am very upset i didn't get in on this action but Prior to the season starting, one of my hot takes was the Dodgers would have 
a Rookie of the Year winner, and they'd have numerous guys in the conversation. Well, at the time of that recording, I think it was one day before the season started, James Outman, to win Rookie of the Year in the National League, was 50-1 to 1 odds, and I think he had like the 15th or 16th best odds. Josh, we're two weeks into the season. Would you like to take a guess as to uh, what James Outman's odds are now to win Rookie of the Year after opening at 50-1? to 1? Oh, man, I don't even know. Let's go... 50 to 1. There's no way it's as high as uh, I'll I'll go well, let's say 20 to 1. Is it higher James, than that? James Alwyn is now 5 to 1 Holy to win rookie cow. of the year. And surprisingly, he's actually the fourth best odds behind a couple of guys, but the current favorite is Corbin Carroll at plus 390, so he's right behind him there. So James Alwyn over the course of 2 weeks went from 50 to 1 to 5 to 1. So that just goes to show the betting market, which is normally right, they're really high on James Outman. They think he can win Rookie of the Year. And like you said, Josh, the numbers he's been putting up has been fantastic. I mean, I think he currently is still leading the National League in OPS, and I know he's near the top in every category among rookies. So, yeah, James Outman, he could be Rookie of the Year. He's been, he could be an all-star this year, Josh. That's how good he's been. So hopefully James Outman continues this, but it does wrap up this week's edition of Inside the Ravine. We're going to title this episode, We Cured Max Muncy. We did. Nobody else. We are the ones to uh, to thank for this. So, Josh, before we head out, any parting words on your end? Yeah, I mean, you know, big series coming up for the Dodgers. A couple of big opponents. Obviously, you've got the Cubs coming in these next few days. And then after that, um, the Mets early next week, which I think could be fun. But look, I mean, you're going to see a lot of uh, out-of-division teams uh, for the rest of the month of April, which I think is great. Um, kind of see some new teams. You get the Cubs twice in the next, you know, week and a half. Cardinals, Pirates, Mets all coming up. So um, it, it should be fun to see, you know, some different teams that aren't the Diamondbacks, the Giants, and the Rockies. Yeah. Dodgers are going to be tested. Going to be a fun couple weeks. Make sure you guys find the show on any social media app you use. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. We are at Inside the Ravine. You can also watch the full episodes on YouTube. You guys can listen to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, as well as the Odyssey app. For Josh Schaefer, this has been Blake Harris. Thank you guys so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. As always, enjoy the rest of your day, wherever you may be. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.